0: Hello everyone, my name is Matt, and I am the host of the BG South Gaming Podcast. I invite you to join me as I rant, rave, discuss, and offer my opinions on all the latest and greatest news and topics surrounding the video game world. My podcast can be found on most major streaming services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you're looking for a fresh opinion on the video game news that interests you, then tune in to the BG South Gaming Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammie. Cammie, save me. I'm tripping up already.
1: Oh, I, I will absolutely save you right now. How are you, Bryant?
0: You. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing?
1: I'm fantastic.
0: That's awesome. So, Cammie, it's been a little while since we had that awesome experience at the VCon. Yeah. Um, we had 300 go up last week. That went really well. And the podcast has been growing way more than we, well, not that we expected. It's been great. Things have been really nice. So if, if you're just joining us, Mystery is a podcast where every week we like to tell you a story from a famous myth or legend, or it can be a little more historically fact-based. Uh, but once we've told you that story, we like to dive into some of the history behind it. Now, Cammy and I aren't really like experts. We both really like this stuff a lot. Uh, and we like to bring in our friendly banter in with it, too, which is why we had a fun time doing 300 last week and a bunch of others. So, Cammie, what are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about Sun, Sun Wukong, the Monkey King.
0: Good job. You said it right. Yay! Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is a, an, a really well-known story thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy because it's 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 massively popular. i'm I'm it's a, an ancient or not ancient. it's a a, a medieval Chinese novel um, that was written in the sixteenth century and it, it's super popular though it it ever since it started it's it's been it, it is and has been super popular and there's tons of modern adaptations and spinoffs in the western, Eastern in all hemispheres. It's wildly popular. and we'll talk about why. Uh, some of that too, but th- there's a hundred chapters of the book. Cammy, we're starting with chapter one, right? We're just gonna
1: sort of I, I eight come, hour
0: this, right? Right. This is the longest <laughs> episode. <laughs> just verbatim. I, it, it's
1: it's going to work a lot like how we do the 1001 cool. uh, Night story. Yeah, yeah. Because it is so long, oh, uh, yeah, we're not yeah. gonna break this up into two parts, but. I'm going to tell you a little bit from the first one, the first chapter, and then most of it will be from,
0: I believe it's the second chapter. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, please regale us with uh, Journey to the West, as it's known to us. Sure. So I used
1: innerjourneytothewest.com for their translation. Thanks, guys. (laughs) The Monkey King was born unlike all other mortal creatures. He came forth fully formed from a stone egg which contained within it all the power of earth and heaven he was deemed king of the monkeys and served his tribe well for many years but the sun wukong our monkey king was not satisfied with life knowing it would one day end he set out to find the way it was not long before he found a teacher that was willing to show him what he seemed what he sought in exchange for living in his community of monks and tending to normal chores with his fellow students. He cared for the garden, swept the floors, burned incense until seven years had passed. At this point, his teacher was ready to show him the way. The monkey was so excited to hear the teacher speak his truth that he smiled greatly and clapped his hands and feet in joy. The teacher was displeased by the show and accused him of not listening to the very first lesson. The magical primate tried to explain himself, but the teacher would not hear it, He asked our hero why he was here, if he did not want to know the way. Sung Khan explained that he did indeed want to know the way and would learn any path the teacher thought was best in learning immortality. So the teacher went on to explain several paths to him, but he was uninterested in any path that would not lead him to immortality. So the teacher, ever frustrated by the insolent monkey, took his cane and hit him three times on the head. Then he walked with his hands behind him and shut the door to his house. The other students... Berated the tiny student for making the master in the lesson early, but Sung Wukong was not phased, for he knew the master's secret communication. He had given him instructions without words to come to the back of his house at the third watch. That night, the Monkey King just did just that and woke his teacher from a slumber. The teacher was astonished that this monkey had known that three hits on his head meant he should come at the third watch and putting beh- his hands behind his back meant to come through the back door. He was ready to teach this monkey the path he so desired. The teacher taught him the way of immortality right there in his humble home. And for three years, Sung Wukong practiced until he was a master of the spells he had learned that night. One day, the teacher told him of, a coming, th- of coming three disasters. You see, anyone who wants immortality must suffer greatly for it. Five hundred years after receiving the elixir that makes your appearance always youthful and your body unable to die you will be struck by a thunderbolt from the heavens. If you can hide from this, 500 years will pass, and then you will be burned by immortal fire. Still, if you survive, you will be blown to pieces by the mighty wind of heaven. But I can teach you the secrets to survive and hide from these fates. Sung Wukong was frightened, so he implored his master to teach him every spell he needed to hide from these outcomes. The teacher whispered, all of the spells in his ear and left sung wukong and his fellow students the students wanted to see the tricks he had just learned so he turned himself into a mighty pine and everyone cheered the teacher was disturbed by the noise so he sent to, he went to see what was causing it he saw sung wukong turning back from from a pine and became angry at the hubris of the small creature he banished wukong to the place where he where he came from and forbade him to ever speak of the teacher the monkey king was happy to return to his home and see his children again He flew home on the winds and when he arrived, the welcome was warm but urgent. A demon had kidnapped his children and taken them to a nearby cave. Someone must immediately rescue them. He set off on the wind and came to the cave where he asked the minor demons guarding it to retrieve their master. They did as they were told and a fierce demon emerged. He laughed at the tiny monkey who had no weapons and told him he would fight him, but he must put down his own sword first to make it a fair fight. The monkey thanked him for agreeing agreeing to fight hand-to-hand. It was only seconds before the brawl began in earnest. Sung Wukong kicked and punched the demon so quickly he could not do anything against it. So when there was an opening in combat, the demon grabbed the sword and swung it at our hero. Wukong easily dodged the weapon and pulled out a single hair to which he whispered, "'Become!' And the hair split into hundreds of hairs, which transformed into versions of Sun Wukong, each hair knowing everything the king had ever learned. They made quick work of the demon and destroyed the lair where he hid. He then took the monkey children home on the clouds and gave them all the sur- surname Wukong so they could one day take their place among the immortals.
0: Nice. So that's Sun Wukong, one of the many. <laughs> yeah, I-, I checked my notes while you're reading it yeah, the- so the first the 100 chapters, the first seven are are basically just about him they're they're like self-contained stories um that basically set him up because he's definitely like i mean he he's he's like all the x-men rolled into one or something i don't know <laughs> he, he's he's crazy he's got tons of different powers so i oh here i'll ask this kimmy what did you think of like when you when you started looking into this what did you think about the stories
1: well i was overwhelmed to be honest <laughs> because there's so many
0: yeah yeah and
1: I just wanted to kind of hone in on one that was more like that was more of a concise story that didn't, yeah.
0: really,
1: you know, span through chapters and chapters.
0: No, that's really good. Yeah. Well, and there's so I don't even know too much. I, I know of Journey to the West, and I and I definitely know of Sun Wukong just because of uh, his well, everything that he spawned. Most notice, most notably, uh, the character of Goku from Dragon Ball Z is. Okay or Dragon that Ball I should sense. say. Right, yeah, and cuz um, Goku's name is actually Sun Goku, like Sun Wukong, and in in the Japanese version of uh, Dragon Ball, they call him Sun. That's his name. And or that, that's you know his name is Sun Goku, but they 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 call him Sun. That's the name that they call him by uh, typically. And you know, he has got a tail. He especially in the early in Dragon Ball in the earlier episodes of Dragon Ball Z, he has a tail. He flies around on a cloud. Uh, he's got these powers. So like Akira Toriyama, and he, he he was totally influenced by Sun Wukong, uh, and, and in some ways, you know, the whole story of Journey to the West. But uh, it, that's that's probably one of the bigger ones. But the story, like, it's it's huge. I mean, it's absolutely huge. Well, but first all, I'll kind of talk about the history of it. So uh, like I said before, this was written in the 16th century. Um, so the early 1500s and it was written by a uh, a well-educated um, Chinese man named Wu Cheng En who was a prolific uh, poet and writer in general. He was um, like well-versed in Confucian study and things like that and uh, it looks like there's some pretty good records as far as his education and everything. Um, what's kind of funny though is if he did write it because it's we don't know with absolute certainty. Uh, this is kind of like when we talked about Guan Yu, another kind of famous Chinese person gone into crazy myth um, or, or legendary myth. Uh, the Romance of the Three Kingdoms book that that's based off of, which I think was the 14th century, um, the the author is also kind of not 100 percent well known. So uh, it, it was if it was it was uh, published posthumously because he was he had passed by the time okay. it, it was Published um, now, that's you know that's that's pretty believable. It would take a long time. And what, what's pretty interesting too is the way that the book uh, was written was in the modern vernacular, not in an ancient classical style. I should say, not really ancient, but most writing done then. Was was very like I, again. If you think about the Guan Yu episode, we talked about the importance of the Han Dynasty. That was about 200 BC to 280, roughly. So, and it's one of the most important dynasties um, in in China. It's probably the most important dynasty for for uh, kind of Chinese culture. And uh, so that they were kind of writing in this period that w- or in this way that would have been like anyway w- revered to that that cultural period. So he right. he wrote in the modern vernacular. It also had a lot of silly stories. Um, I have
1: it. a question. When you yeah. say modern vernacular, you mean modern, not common,
0: right? I mean I mean 15th century modern, like okay, we're just dudes writing stories. Okay. yeah yeah it wasn't there There was if I, the best way I could probably my uneducated butt could explain it is <laughs> um if if like we were writing a story and we wrote it as if we were like Shakespeare that that's True. that's like how you were supposed to write so like but, if he was following but not rules... like
1: how Shakespeare would change his vernacular depending on right yeah it was that noble was or a yeah, or yeah that's so like, not that that.
0: Okay. that was speech then but like to us it's like uh, uh, this, this like fancy, you know, pants kind right. of writing. Um, so that's kind of how, that's, that's, that's the way I would kind of describe it. So it was, it's fancy pants to us now, um, but it was, it, well, it was normal then though. It it was in the 15th century. It wasn't it
1: was, like, fancy pants good. and it should have been.
0: Right. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. That's, that's like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, it, but it was, it was very accessible, I guess, for that. And, and it had lots of goofy stories too. Like it, 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 it wasn't, it, it was. It was. It, there was lots of these exploits of Sun Wukong. Lots of crazy stuff happened. I mean, it was like a comic book, like the plot sometimes, um, from what I've seen. So, uh, and and Wu Chang'an, like I said, he didn't publish it until, or it wasn't published until after he was gone. Um, and he so he and he actually remained poor. Uh, he worked for some time to become a part of the government, but he just uh, hated it. Um, he didn't like the, China. I mean, I was gonna say China is known for their corruption. Um, I mean, governments are known for their corruption. In general, uh, yes. In general, yeah. <laughs> and and the 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 way that I mean, China is such a vast land. Uh, the way it was governed, was was pretty smart in having like you had tiered levels of things. But yeah, corruption was pretty high as well. And so he wasn't into that. So he just lived more humbly and wrote and and did that. So, but it did it 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 totally went wild uh from the moment it was printed um in in at the end of the 15th century yeah at the end of the 15th century i should say um because he died um in the 1580s um yes yeah he died in the 1580s so it was published uh, about 10 years after his death um and ever since that publication though it has been wildly popular and has spawned tons of wood prints art and and all sorts of things and even um someone did a uh, like a spin-off story of it like basically like a, an official fan fiction of it <laughs> which talked more about sun wukong um funny enough so um going on from that uh, we we the the stories themselves are really interesting um the literal translation uh is like a chronicle of journey to the west that's kind of what like the the Word for word is the so journey to the West is what it is. And, and the story, while Sun Wukong is an awesome main character, it's actually um, it, he's not the main character. The main character is Tang San Zang, who is a, a Buddhist monk. And it's it's the, the whole point of the story is that he is traveling west to India in order to find um, like original sutras. Uh, Buddhist sutras. He he wants you know like basically to go to the source for his religion and
1: and Sun Wukong was like protecting him. The whole yeah, time. yeah. Sun Wukong
0: yeah. and and there the, the was four of them total, the four main characters: Sun Wukong and his uh, Tang and the two companions. It was just their exploits and their craziness because you know they were like. Mythical beings that were trying to stop them and creatures and Sun Wukong used like every superpower in the book to stop them and help them and all that stuff. So but yeah, that's that's kind of the base of the book. And um, we believe that uh, the story is actually based off of a very famous um, Chinese Buddhist monk named Zhuanzang, who in uh six he, he was around in the early 600s so um about 600 years 700 years before the publication of the book and before um wu cheng uh was alive there was this buddhist monk who um he was around during the southern song uh dynasty which i think was like one of the dynasties that you had to deal with the mongols a bunch um who, who didn't deal with the mongols uh so during this time period, the Southern Song Dynasty was dealing with a war and travel was prohibited. But this Buddhist monk was worried. Um, no, during the Tang Dynasty, that's what it is. Um, uh, the Tang Dynasty. The, the Southern Song Dynasty is when the the stories got popular. Sorry, of, of this monk is when the the story started coming around. The the Tang Dynasty was um, just around this time period too, though. Yes. Or I, I might have mixed those two up. Either way, around 600 AD um, is when he was alive. And he he was worried that the, the versions of texts, Buddhist texts that they had received weren't accurate. And so he wanted to go to the source. And so he took the foot journey. Of heading to India, even though uh, travel was restricted. It was also pretty perilous. I mean, this is kind of crazy, but he was able to to go. And we have uh, an autobiography. We have a biography written by someone he knew, um, birth records. There's also a temple in Taiwan today that's dedicated to him. And uh, he has this great work that Xuanzang wrote called The Great Tang Records on the Western Region. So when he came back, the emperor was like, he thought, you know, he, he restricted – he banned travel, but he was so like, dude, this is so awesome. Write great records on the region. And he did. Zhang Zhang was apparently extremely careful in writing he, – he wrote like the, the a great view for people of the, the Tang Dynasty – to understand what he saw. And he was very descriptive in the cultures he came across, the areas he came across and how they did things. So this dude was really on point with his like record keeping and was able to really give a great idea of this area. It's it's one of the um, best records used when you're studying this period. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's the primary source in like the best sense. I mean, this guy was physically there writing it down. It's not like Herodotus who was maybe <laughs> writing this crap down or maybe some Greek dude told him.
1: When he was four years old.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. No, Xuanzang was like, "I'm hoofing it to India. I'm gonna write it all down too." So <laughs> he did, and it's it's just amazing. So, um, again, through the years, the stories of Xuanzang, the 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 Great Tang Records on the Western Region, his piece, I'm sure circulated, and his he he was very legendary in a lot of ways. And and again, there's a whole temple, Buddhist temple, dedicated to this guy for his work. So. He was he was really revered and and he uh, Tang Jean uh, wasn't the only one to kind of want to do this. Um, this other uh, guy who Fa Xian, was another Buddhist Chinese Buddhist who um, was also worried about uh, the the Buddhist text in China and he was someone who advocated for that too and did certain things to help um, sort of bring the religion back to like its roots in a lot of ways. So do we
1: know how accurate the text was. Did they ever mention or which, or do you know if they mentioned that
0: the Great Tang Records or the text that
1: they were trying to
0: find in india no i i didn't see that i mean i th- i think that i think he just succeeded on his journey okay. um fashan faxian fashan he's the one you want to look up if you want to like know more he was someone who really changed yeah he he um he did also travel by foot 400 years prior um in during 337 to 422 is when he was alive so he he did this journey too um, but again, we've we've talked about this a lot. You play that game of telephone. Play right. it in ancient China, Buddhist texts. You know, you're translating from two very very different languages, and it's surely gonna get convoluted in a lot of ways. And and, and Buddhism is there's lots of different versions of Buddhism, and there's localizations. Also, Taoism um, becoming more and more popular. Uh, it, gets, it gets intermingled, Zen Buddhism. You know, it's 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 very there's a lot of mingling there, and so uh, again, these people, some of these these dudes were like, I want to go back to the source in a way. It, it reminds me of like the the constant Christian ideology to go back to the the holy lands and things like that to to see to see the ground zero for the religion. Um, so that that's kind of the idea. But yeah, it, it, that's that's who Tong San Zong is, is definitely based off of in, in part, Fashan and Xuanzong. So it's really cool because it's, I feel like this is something that would happen today where you take an ancient story and then you write a story about it. And then you throw in a monkey dude who can like shoot lightning bolts and turn into stone and turn invisible and fly. And he's got a pig friend and like, there's like, it, it sounds so it Was piggy
1: an actual pig. I,
0: I believe so. Yeah. I think he's okay. an actual, like, like in the same way that uh, son is a, a monkey. Because um, in
1: Lord of the Flies, he wasn't a pig; he was a person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, it, it's it's just wild that this story was written then, because I just feel like it's something you would find in like a comic book age, you know? So, it, but it's really cool, and the influence of it is incredible. And and so, for specifically for Sun Wukong, because like you said, there is a lot to cover here. Sun Wukong, the idea of this this monkey dude deity king guy is is definitely not new to this to the 16th century much before that uh specifically they believe it's inspired by the hindu deity hanuman from the ramayana Um, hanuman is this action monkey dude who kicks butt uh and also there is um in Chinese, like local myth, uh, now China is huge, so when, when we say China, there's there's tons of different areas that wouldn't have really intermingled in different time periods. Um, but in the Chinese um, Chu Kingdom, which was 700 to 223 BC, so this was right before the Han Dynasty took over, um, there is a, a white monkey uh, king legend that was really popular, and and these its legend was transferred into the Han dynasty which again where we have the source of a lot of cultural uh, imagery stories that kind of went on people in certain areas also worshipped monkey gods uh, long before the novel three monkey uh, saints in a specific palace uh, it, it's it's crazy so the 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 reverence of like a monkey deity is definitely there um the 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 chu kingdom the 700 bc kingdom actually revered uh the gibbons the little monkeys which Mm -hmm. sun wukong is sometimes based off of so it's totally it's in the it's in the culture it's in there the roots and it's not surprising to see it kind of go from there Uh, sort of like how homer wrapped up all this ancient story and then kind of made a continuity to right. it, I kind of feel like that's what Journey to the West is doing. It's taking all these stories, wrapping it into one kind of cohesive thing, and that that people enjoy. Um, and it's funny though, um, people really closely associate him, apparently Sun Wukong, with Buddhism and things like that. But it's it's almost like uh, it's like I don't know, having like Captain America be a Christian icon. It's like I mean, no, like it's not, you know, it it. it but but it's funny because the public really sees him that way. Uh, And and, and he he does like, you know, when you were telling the story just now, he wants to find the way, you know, and and you can kind of think of it allusions to enlightenment and if it's literal uh, immortality or if it's immortality through enlightenment and stuff. So it's it's fun. The the story, it's a cool way to kind of put these uh, philosophical beliefs in a more palatable way. That's essentially it. Uh, I, I, I Most of this, like I so said, there's a ton here, um, but Britannica and Wikipedia, of course, were really great ways to kind of look into everything. So yeah, Wu Chang'en, 16th century writer, probably wrote it. It it, it was all posthumous, uh, and it, it kind of originated in the, the town where he died, so that's kind of where it all sort of started, and people started claiming it was him. So I guess they're like, just, you know, screw it, he was a good writer, let's do it. And, I, and they did cross-reference his other writings with it, so there is some proof in the pudding there. But it spawned into a crazy amount of modern uh, adaptations, especially in Asia where it's extremely popular. I think there's like a new movie version of it every couple of years. Like if you look at the, the Wikipedia page for the, the book, you can see a little section of adaptations. There's a manga. There's video games. The, the one really popular video game recently, uh, a few years ago, um, on uh, enslaved Odyssey to the West is really cool because that it's was like, a
1: really good game. Yeah, very similar yeah. to Uncharted in the way. Right, yeah, third
0: person adventure and and it, you had a monkey king dude and the but the enemies were um it, it reminds me of Horizon Zero Dawn too because the the enemies are all like mechanical or mm-hmm. augmented kind of like a steampunky vibe to it. Um, it was really cool, but yeah, tons. of There's there's operas that have been made since the 16th and 17th centuries. um There's a really great tv show that was done apparently it it has variations in korea japan it, it's it's timeless like e- even not just the things that were inspired of it the direct adaptations are huge um and every other year there's something he's even featured Sun Kong is featured in a few anime right now and a, a bunch of popular games there's a game called smite which takes a bunch it's like a, a moba i believe And it takes a bunch of like gods and deities and kind of uses them as source material. And he's in that. He's and he's doing his. He has his rod. He's using some famous abilities. um, Most notably, like he can duplicate himself, and that's one of the more used abilities that he has is making copies of himself and things like that. So. yeah. Oh, and I totally forgot to mention, too, the the first big translation, um, this guy Arthur Whaley in 42, 1942, uh, translated it. I think he called it Monkey. Yeah, he called it Monkey is kind of the way um, he translated it. And um, uh, it, it's still pretty widely used. And there's been a few other adaptations that were done in the 80s and then a few modern ones. But um, uh, I, I don't think it was one that was incredibly hard to to change. Um, it wasn't like as cryptic and like the, the vernacular probably helped. But ever since it has been. Um, oh, no, never mind. As soon as I say that, I do see a note that says there's a lot of incidental uh, passages that go very badly into English. So <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Um but, yeah, it, it, there are uh, translations you can read of it out there as well as the media adaptations. So uh, one day I'm going to watch some one of them. I mean, there's I think there's a show on Netflix even. Um, yeah, there is. Yep. Yeah, there's a show on Netflix, so we don't have a reason to. <laughs> well, cool. Cami, thanks for tackling this one. We, we've been working on it for a couple weeks because it was yeah. a little tricky to find. So much. Yeah, stuff. a way in. Maybe we'll revisit it somehow. But, um, yeah, well – Everyone, let us know what you think and if you've been exposed to the story Journey to the West or anything like that or if you're familiar with it. Cammy, thanks again for your story. Everyone, Thank you please- for your
1: research.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's still a lot there. Um, <laughs> but everyone, uh, please check out our Facebook group, uh, Mystery with an IE is how you can find us. We're on Twitter as well uh, and a few other social media. Instagram.
1: At- yeah, YouTube, if we're starting yes. the videos now. Yeah, so. that's
0: right. Yeah, you can you can see Cammie and I physically uh, Skype in over this. <laughs> if you'd like, um, head to our YouTube channel, and you can actually see us discuss this uh, wonderful topic. So uh, I think that's about it, Cammie. I think so. Cool. We'll see you guys next time.